0: This is Collins and Shu, the podcast, episode three hundred eighty-five for the week of July nineteenth, two thousand fifteen. What is up, y'all? Welcome to Shu the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site KonZenshu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. It is just me right now. My name is Mike Vegito EX, coming into your ears for another week of a podcast from Shu. I already said the name of the website. You know the website. You're listening to it right now. We have an opportunity here. Dragon Ball Super Episode 3 has just aired. There will not be an episode next week on july 26th for fuji network's 27 hour day of television 2015 dragon ball super picks up again on august 2nd with episode 4 so we have a little break here at the site to kind of catch up on everything that we're still trying to do (laughs) surrounding super and a bunch of other content as well and this was a great opportunity for the podcast as well we had our chance last time on the show to go over those first couple episodes of dragon ball super you have myself heath and jake so definitely check that out what we have coming in your ears this week is an interview i've been wanting to do for a little bit and it just the timing worked out so wonderfully here. Uh, I'm going to be talking with Joey Weiser in a little bit about his Daily Dragon Ball drawing project that you can check out over on dailydragonball.tumblr.com. We talked a bit about how Joey got into the series, what he's doing now with the series. I mean, a drawing every day, that's kind of insane. So you learn all about that. And we talked a bit about Toriyama's art style and what you can learn from that art style, um, fun observations about it, things that are difficult to replicate. It's a great conversation from, an artistic standpoint and just a a plain old fandom standpoint that's coming in your ears shortly right after a little bit of news catch up because we had a couple big stories this last week believe it or not (laughs) all right so there's really only like one big story. And that is Bandai's IC Cardas Dragon Ball Trading Card Game. This is not a physical card game. Except it is a physical card game. Except it's also a PC card game. Bandai's description of it is a world's first. Every card in the IC Cardas Dragon Ball Trading Card Game will be equipped with an NFC chip. The battle begins September 19th, 2015. You can play both digitally and face to face. It's a super evolution in trading card games. So this is both A physical thing and a PC game that you can play online with people. Your deck is going to consist of a leader card and up to 40 battle cards that you use to attack your opponent. This is gonna be available for PCs, Windows right now, tablet, and smartphones, and the software itself is free. So really what they're getting you with here is paying for the cards, which should sound familiar to us because of Dragon Ball Heroes. This is gonna be different from Dragon Ball Heroes, though, in that with that and Dragon Battlers, you have to go to the arcade to scan your cards with those machines. And of course, they're the home port of Dragon Ball Heroes on 3DS, which don't use cards at all. It's just internal to the game. With this, you'll be able to scan and use your cards anywhere from any of these devices as i mentioned this kicks off later this year in september there's going to be a starter set of 41 cards and a usb card reader that's going to be available for a little over 30 bucks or you can buy it without the card reader for um something like 15 16 dollars and there's going to be booster packs of five cards that you can use to supplement your deck this is really interesting this is Bandai looking ahead i think uh dragon ball heroes is still going really really strong but it can't live forever so what is the the next thing while still merchandising and selling things. And the fact that all of these cards come with an NFC chip, this is really innovative on Bondi's part. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of impressed with uh, where they're going with this. So good on them for that, I, I guess. Speaking of Bondi and video games. Uh, Surprise release, Dokkan Battle is finally available internationally here. We got the English release earlier this week on, uh, well, last week I suppose, on July 16th. You can just download it for your iOS and Android devices. It is fully localized in English. The game itself is free, but there are in-app purchases. I haven't seen anyone talk about in-app purchases. I I have to imagine that people just aren't using them. (laughs) and are just playing the game normally. Dokkan Battle is really difficult to describe. It's kind of like a matching Puyo Puyo kind of thing in the sky with fighting, I guess. I do not know how to describe this game, but it is free. So you can check it out for iOS. You're going to need, um, OS version 6 or higher. On Android, you'll need 4.1 or higher. Easy enough to grab if you have one of those devices. We got some details on the new CD single that's coming out, Hello, 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 which is the closing theme to Dragon Ball Super. The band name is Good Morning America. Uh, You may remember them from the Majin Buu arc of Dragon Ball Kai. They provided the first ending there, "Dear Zarathustra, which I really enjoyed and I'm loving Hello, Hello, Hello. The CD single is going to be available August 12th, which we did know. We know a little bit more now. It's going to be 1,080 yen, so it's about bucks. It's uh, pretty good for a CD single price. It's going to have four tracks, only two vocal tracks, and then two karaoke instrumental versions of those tracks. Hello, hello, hello. This is going to be the first track. And then a second song called Have Some Cider is going to be the other track there. We got some links on the site. You can pre-order that from CD Japan, Amazon Japan, all the usual places. And then other than that, I mean, Dragon Ball Super, the content of the show, is the news itself right now. Uh, Definitely check out our episode guide for Dragon Ball Super. We have full pages for all three episodes, we've got synopsis, we have very detailed episode notes, we have cast, uh, production, credit, translations, we have some great documentation there. So if you're confused about what's going on in an episode or who played who, anything like that, lots of great stuff. And tied in with that, if you haven't seen it, we're trying out episode notes videos on YouTube as well. Uh, it's pretty much the episode notes that you see on the page, just written in text, except they're presented with my narration and some. Uh, images from the episodes so those are extra things if you need a little more content for dragon ball in your eyes in your ears each week I look forward to those as of this recording episode notes videos for the opening theme to the series and then episodes one and two are out as soon as i'm done recording this i think i'm going to record the narration for episode three so you can look forward to that pretty soon and that's kind of the news right now so with that let's take it over to our interview with joey weiser to talk about daily dragon ball Joey Weiser is the author of the Merming Graphic Novel Series from Oni Press. His comics have appeared in several anthologies, including Spongebob Comics and the award-winning Flight Series. His first graphic novel, This Ride Home, was published in 2007 by Ad House Books. He is a graduate of the Savannah College of Art and Design and currently lives in Athens, Georgia, with his wife Michelle and their cats Eddie and Charles. I appreciate a person who lives with their wife and cats. Joey, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: No problem. So I am uh, excited to talk to you. We haven't done any kind of like fan spotlight fan project fan works I don't know what else they call it kind of Mm -hmm. things in uh, quite some time I mean we've done like Toyables AF and then we did Multiverse and those were years ago and I think there's like 900 pages more of each since we last (laughs) talked about them here so um, I'm really excited to talk about something completely different but still art related um, something I've been really fascinated by and I love checking in every single day because there's pretty much something new every single day and uh, there's not many things you would think that today on the internet there are more things that you can check in every single day and see something, but that's not always true. And there's a a lot of dedication here. So can you tell us real quick, what is your daily project with Dragon Ball?
1: Sure. Yeah. I decided late last year around the Dragon Ball 30th anniversary uh, to do a project I call Daily Dragon Ball, where every single day I draw a character of Dragon Ball in chronological order from uh, basing it off of the manga. But then a little bit later about I draw about a week or so ahead of where what I'm posting, but I color them with a sort of simplified color palette and then post them online a few various places, Twitter and Tumblr, et cetera.
0: I was going to ask about that, like if you had any dirty secrets about if you
1: have a backlog, but
0: we'll get to that in due time. <laughs> I kind of want to take it back to the beginning. It's the, the most hack generic uh, question to start with, but how did you get into Dragon Ball?
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. So let's see, in the mid 90s, uh, I was in middle school and I was Starting to get into anime and manga. I hadn't seen a lot, you know, Akira, Castle of Caliostra, those whatever I could get off of Blockbuster shelves, yeah, right? The
0: Japanimation <laughs> shelves. I know, man. <laughs>
1: yeah. And um, I would actually go to my dad's office to use his internet uh, because internet at home was ridiculous. Uh, so I'd go to my dad's office and and just sort of research whatever i could find images and go to the anime web turnpike and all uh-huh. that kind of thing
0: you're talking my language here
1: <laughs> and uh dragon ball just caught my eye um it wasn't on tv yet uh, but something about the art style and the sort of huge uh, world and everything really caught my attention. I started getting into the characters and starting to learn more and more about the series. And then it did. And then once it aired on TV, I you know I had already become kind of a big fan, but didn't hadn't actually experienced the series at all. And then when it was finally on TV, I, I caught maybe not the first episode, but like one of the first few episodes of the science saga, and like I didn't. I was a little disappointed, I will really? will admit. Tell I was me kinda about like that.
0: what were you disappointed by?
1: I don't know. It was just kind of I was at that age where I was starting to like age out of like Power Rangers and stuff where mm-hmm. I was kinda like I like this stuff but I feel a little embarrassed that I oh, like it. Oh, okay. And I think that was what I was experiencing with that too. And then um, so I, I, I wasn't quite sure what I felt because I had already sort of built up somewhat of a sort of personal fandom without Having actually experienced it, so I watched it a little bit, and then that summer I went to the Chicago Comic Con, which is now Wizard World Chicago, and they had an anime screening room where they were playing fan subs of stuff, mm-hmm. and I saw the Dragon Ball 10th Anniversary movie, and that's when it really clicked. I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Uh,
0: that was your no. Wait a minute, I I am totally into this.
1: Yeah, 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 and you know, and I asked the guy like, "It was great to experience it with a." A room full of people laughing and cheering and all that stuff, too. Mm -hmm. And so I asked the guy, like, where do you get this? Because I didn't quite understand... Like that this stuff wasn't commercially available, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh so he he was like, Oh, if you go to the dealer's room, they'll have some guys with videotapes and <laughs> yep, <that> so... <laughs> then you could do that,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I found a guy and he had uh some movies. I picked up um let's see, I think a, a, a cassette tape that had uh I think Triamite and World's Strongest on it. And then um and then he also sold me on the twelfth movie, the um Janabo movie. He, oh, was good like, call, yeah. he was like he was like okay, this one's really cool. All the villains come back and they have to fight them all back from the dead, which totally mischaracterizes that movie.
0: (laughs) It's about two minutes, if that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, But, you know, and so I think that I was fortunate to some extent that I, the first Japanese uh, Dragon Ball I ever saw was, was Goku as a kid. Mm -hmm. And that kind of eased me into uh, Nozawa's voice, you know? And then when I, I do remember putting in those movies and hearing adult Goku and being kind of like, whoa, that is a little strange. Really, yeah. Uh, But then, like, uh, I think 12 was a good introduction, too, to sort of, like, show me that's a comedy series as Mm -hmm. well as an action series.
0: Yeah, movie 12 is a very interesting beast, especially with those different art styles in there. And I want to talk about art styles in a little bit. Um, and as of the time we're recording this, uh, episode three of Dragon Ball Super has aired, and we've seen a preview for what episode four is going to have. And oh, I think yeah. anyone of our age group is looking at that and going, oh my God, these thick black outlines. Movie 12, is this intentional? <laughs> What's going on
1: here? Yeah, totally. But yeah,
0: movie 12 is a great choice for. Uh, movie 12 is one of my earliest ones as well. I can't remember f- how much I've talked about on the show my first fan subs were the super science stuff then in the frieza arc and then the first ones i ordered myself online were movies 11 12 trunks and bardock and then a raw tape of the end of gt so this would have been like very very early 98 when i did that and i was super new the gt stuff at the time but yeah movie 12 again for me what a, a crazy like not knowing enough like really not knowing anything about the franchise and being thrown into something so late in the series i feel like you can't really do that anymore with Dragon yeah. Ball because we know too much.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. And uh, information is a lot more easily accessible these days, yeah. uh, for sure. So
0: jump me ahead. So what's kept you interested in Dragon Ball all this time? Did you have any phase in and out?
1: Uh, yeah. You know, what happened is that uh, after that, I, you know, um, it kind of re-sparked uh, my interest in it. And I was trying to figure out how to get these tapes from home. And I joined like email fan lists and stuff like that, and um, I started importing the manga and started learning Japanese, and um, eventually uh, resulting in a in like a short exchange to Japan and stuff. And I think what happened is that I eventually became I sort of categorized myself more as specifically a Toriyama fan than than mm. just a Dragon Ball fan. Okay. Uh, so because I have as much of his manga as I can get, you know, um, I have a pretty big uh, Toriyama collection, and and but Dragon Ball is where it all started, and it's definitely the like heart of you know my love for Toriyama.
0: You know, we've had a chance to talk about some other of Toriyama's stuff over the years here on the show and on the site. I mean, we've talked about, um, more recently, things like Kintoki, his uh, short one-shot, uh, and maybe that's a part, especially with the cameo in Jocko. Is that a part of the Dragon Ball? I mean, we've had those kinds of <laughs> discussions. And Jocko, most recently, things like Sandland did get published in English. Um, things like Kajika we're still waiting on. Um, so looking at this whole of Toriyama's work, work, starting even before Dr. Slump, some of the other stuff he's done over the years. What about Dragon Ball is it that kind of pulls you back to that? And what does Dragon Ball have maybe that the other thing's don't have.
1: Uh, I think what Drag- the greatest thing about Dragon Ball is that he really had a strong sense of comedy and stuff with Dr. Slump, and it's amazing. I love Dr. Slump. But then what Dragon Ball gives you is a story to follow, mm. which Dr. Slump does not have it, uh, at all.
0: <laughs> right. We'll get maybe four chapters max of a story, yeah. and then it's off to something else.
1: So you have this sort of like driving force of following a story mm. and watching characters evolve and the world expand stuff in a way that doesn't in Dr. Slump just by design.
0: Yeah, yeah. And can you feel, we've talked about this a lot over the years too, can you feel how almost uncomfortable Toriyama gets where it's, I have to expand this world and, oh God, what do I do? What have I gotten myself into?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of hard since uh, you and I kind of came at this where we're seeing it all as a whole kind of and piecing it together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's kind of hard to See that kind of stuff, right? Um, I do. I do um, sometimes, especially now. Everything we know about like his different editors and things like that, you can you can see the seams a little bit more mm. uh, than he used to.
0: Does that endear him in the series more to you, or does kind of knowing the secret sauce? Destroy its mystique a little bit. Do you think
1: it just changes my perception of it? I'd say that like when I was younger, um, you know, I I did respond to the comedy and stuff, but I think I was a little more focused on the action elements of it, and I I definitely bought into that. Um, I don't know, common wisdom that like the boo saga wasn't as good as everything else because the power levels are out of control, and and you know the continuity is kind of wacky and stuff.
0: It's funny. This is the main character. No, this is the main character.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and now. uh, of the like Z era stuff the Boo stuff might be my favorite part kind of Boo and Frieza kind of bounces between my favorite part and my favorite part as a younger kid, used to be Cell, and now that's probably my least favorite of the entire series. That's really
0: interesting. Yeah, I, I've seen myself come and go with different uh favorite arcs over the years too. Let's take it over to your project now. So, I mean, we've got this history with you in the franchise. What inspired you to want to get this kind of like committed involvement into a project, doing something every day?
1: Yeah. So, um I guess I should say, as you said in your intro, I'm a cartoonist, and uh, you know, I draw a comics. Professor. But I do like to post stuff online and, and share stuff. I used to do a web comic called Monster Isle, and a few years ago I had a like a weekly drawing project called the Kaiju Alphabet, where I was doing like a Kaiju Alphabet. But that's limited because it was A through Z, and I it just gotten to the point where I wasn't since I was been working on these big books. I don't have much to share uh, on a regular basis. right? And so I've been kind of looking for a project to have something to post on a somewhat regular basis and and share and kind of like, hmm, maybe something like that kaiju thing. Maybe I'd like to do something with Dragon Ball sometime because, you know, I love Dragon Ball and it was maybe a little more on my mind just because of all the sort of recent resurgence with uh, Battle of Gods, etc. yeah. And so, yeah. And so, with the thirtieth anniversary coming up, I, I decided that that would be a fun tie-in to sort of celebrate that. Do a regular drawing project, and I'm also excited by the idea of sharing with my friends that don't know about Dragon Ball the sort of many facets of it, the many different kinds of characters. It's not just uh, guys with spiky hair. You know?
0: oh, that's interesting. You know, you have this other separate audience in a way, and you know, just groups of friends in general and to be able to say look i've been doing this for over 200 days look at this variety that's here this is what's available to you if you want to get into it it's like you're acting as a profit for the series <laughs> <doing this laughs> yeah kind of totally
1: profit. i i think totally especially during the first uh several arcs of the early dragon ball stuff like i think it was really catching a lot of people's attention that didn't know that they would be interested in something like dragon ball
0: yeah yeah um i kind of alluded to it earlier you spoiled the question you've been doing things like a week in advance what other Dirty secrets? Do you have about it? Do you do you have them set and ready to post? Are you manually posting them? Like, do you give yourself a vacation day every once in a while?
1: Um, I try not to give myself a vacation day from drawing. I have missed a few days here and there, just with like conventions or life stuff. But sure. like, um, I yeah, I uh, I have a I don't know exactly what the buffer is. It's a little more than a week, maybe ten days or something like that. And I just scan them in batches, and then I set up a uh, Tumblr to to post them on a regular basis but then i do manually repost them on twitter and facebook
0: It's like that morning oh right that one went up i guess I should have that.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah sometimes i'm not around and it's like oh yeah yesterday i posted kibito or whatever but uh and you know and i'd say as far as like dirty secrets or whatever you know it's it may be obvious, but like the fact that I just use, uh, I decided on four different shades of orange, uh, to use for all the colors, which, you know, I picked for multiple reasons. Orange is sort of a, a big color in the series with the Dragon Balls and Goku's gi and stuff. Yeah. It also kind of reflects the way that the old jump, uh, partial color pages look. Yeah. Um, but then also because I'm, you know, uh, The daily Dragon Ball isn't my job. (laughs) I want want some things that kind of speed up the process. And so if I have this sort of set limited palette, it is a lot faster to color those than if I were to do a full color every time. Is
0: it more freeing having those limitations? Or do you find yourself going, oh, I wish I could just do this. Or maybe I want to do a full color on this, but that's not the point.
1: Every once in a while with some characters, I'll be like, I'm not quite sure, like, what color should go where? What? How could you represent? And if, especially if they have a lot of sort of similar colors, do I make that all the same light orange or the same medium orange or mm. whatever? And those kinds of decisions will, you know, hang me up for a little bit. But I think that it makes for a sort of more interesting, cohesive uh, end product.
0: I agree. I mean, you just look at the, the gallery of everything side by side and it's fascinating to see them all in a row like that and how consistent
1: everything is
0: with the art style. I mean, it's it's clearly your own take on it, but, um, what kind of aesthetic elements do you pull from Toriyama with the characters?
1: Yeah. So it's important to me to not just copy his drawings. Uh, occasionally there will be a sort of iconic pose or something that I try to capture. But, um, especially since I'm flipping through the manga, occasionally the first couple of pages that someone shows up, they'll have a sort of, like, representative pose that I might take something similar from. But uh, it's important to me to just sort of reinterpret it the way that I draw. But since I have such been such a big fan for so many years, uh, those things... His style, I wouldn't say that I draw like Toriyama, but little bits of his style have sort of made their way into the way that I draw. And it was stuff that I don't even really realize. Like, I'll be drawing, and then I'll see the way that he does a belt or something, and I'll be kind of like, oh, that's interesting. I draw that same kind of boot or something <laughs> like that, that yeah <laughs> yeah you know and uh, so and those are those sort of decisions i have to make like some of his character designs kind of rely on his style a little bit like frieza was kind of tough for me characters that look very different uh, a lot of times are Female characters, because I don't. I usually draw little dot eyes or kind of like slightly kind of big eyes, but I don't do the sort of big watery anime eyes. Yeah, like
0: that half oval and then like this crescent underneath and then a dot inside.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the characters that look probably the most different is whenever I decide to tackle Bulma or Lunch or something like that.
0: So what did you learn about the way that he draws those characters? And what do you feel like you you can't replicate in a way?
1: Hmm. Now that's an interesting question. Uh, something that I did notice that isn't necessarily a positive thing is that he... Really has no uh, interest in giving people different noses. No, <laughs> like his noses are. It, it's the most like I can tell. There's just no thought into it. It's just, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah. There's just a certain something. The thing. One of the things I admire about Toriyama is uh, the ease uh, that his style seems to have it may just come from a natural talent uh i think it does to some extent because he at least categorizes it as as him being lazy and not trying very hard or whatever but you know his his work just looks like he doesn't even care really he just kind of naturally produces this amazing looking work
0: and is that kind of infuriating
1: a little bit yeah, yeah you know <laughs> but it's a, one of those things you you just uh, don't you know don't worry about it too much that that's him yeah. I'm me <laughs> it's like this
0: is why you're the master of your craft mm-hmm. here Yeah. Uh, What other challenges have you seen? I think the the Frieza thing is kind of interesting because, I mean, Fourth Form in particular, it's a very small, sleek kind of thing. What do you do to kind of exaggerate that or do it in your own style? I mean, we've seen so many takes on Goku in general. You can kind of exaggerate that in any style you want. So are there any other characters you kind of came to and said, all right, I'm going to do this. Crap, what do I do?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Well, I mean, Goku's a, a pretty distinct... Uh, he's he's someone that I had never really been able to draw. I hadn't done a lot of fan art before, uh, but I have tried to draw Goku before, and his hair just baffles me. And yeah. you know, <laughs> no
0: matter what way he turns, it looks the same.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't quite, like... I don't quite know the way to, like, replicate it to look the way that Toriyama draws it, especially on, like, a head that I would draw. And so I had to just sort of accept... And Goku's, you know, the very first character that I drew, Mm -hmm. and uh, I just had to accept that it's not going to look the way that Toriyama draws it. And I think once I sort of was able to accept that and do a sort of loopier, softer looking hair, it looks like Goku, but it doesn't look like Toriyama drew it.
0: So was Goku, that first Goku drawing, was that kind of like your your learning process for the entire project?
1: To some extent, yeah. It was kind of like, okay, let's jump right in because I really haven't, uh, like I said, I haven't drawn a lot of these characters at all before.
0: Yeah. So right now you're up to the Kaioshin. What do you have on tap for the remainder of your project? I mean, obviously we're in the Buu arc, you got some, the rest of the Buu characters. Do you have planned out exactly who you're going to do? Or do you do a couple weeks and you're like, alright, let's do Bobovich kind of
1: (laughs) no uh, what I do every day is uh, before I get to work on my other comics uh, I have a volume of the manga on my desk and I just flip through it until I see a new character that I haven't seen before and with minor characters and background characters I decide I make the call of whether or not I feel like drawing them but um, and then the same thing with like you know slightly older versions of characters but I do repeat somewhat right and yeah so I just flip through see who the next character is draw them and uh, ink that up real quick and then set that to the side and then go about my day. I don't have a, you know, specific plan. It's probably we're wrapping up uh, the end of Boo, you know, you know, so I I just today drew the elder Kaioshin. So it'll probably be another couple of months uh, before I'm done. And then I may I think what I'm going to do from there is do some bonus characters, some sort of like dragon world tie in characters like Nako Majin and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, Jocko, those characters, and then we'll see what I feel like at that point if I want to continue the project or put it on hold for a little while and then maybe eventually tackle super and that kind of thing
0: Right, I was going to say I mean you've done fish, bear, west city mom I mean the the characters (laughs) are not literally endless but pretty close to literally endless in Dragon Ball there's always someone this is something that you could conceivably do for years and even ignoring some of the repeats just keep going
1: yeah yeah I did like uh, around the same time that I was doing mine uh, my project I saw uh, that uh, one of the crew members of Steven Universe was doing a blog where he was doing all Bulma's different outfits. Oh, nice. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, I definitely, like, I, I, I said up front, like, I know I wasn't going to draw someone every single time they – got a haircut or put on a different belt but like it is possible that i could go back and fill in those gaps
0: is there anyone that you've skipped intentionally or not intentionally that you, you're you like ah oh, i wish i could go back and do them
1: not really because i don't really the only people that i really skip will be like just a random person on the street or yeah. something.
0: I mean, you've got Giron and the the rabbit soldiers, and you got pretty much everyone so far.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, Toriyama, God bless him, you know, he does, uh, he's very creative and very inspiring, but he also can repeat himself. So, like, uh, I think towards the beginning of the project, I was definitely a lot more into drawing those, like, deep, deep background characters and then now, once I'm in West City again, he draws a lot of the same looking kind of ladies you're and guys. You're noticing so. that,
0: aren't you? Yeah, yeah. You, you <laughs> it's like, I there. don't
1: really need to draw that person again, even though they have a different checkered shirt on A <laughs> right, different something. shirt, different <laughs> hat,
0: same design. Exactly. So what else is on tap for you?
1: Uh, well, I uh, do, uh, outside of Daily Dragon Ball, I have a, that... Merman book series. I just finished book four, and it's coming out this September. Uh, book three was nominated for an Eisner Award, and is uh, is a, an all ages series, so it's good for kids and adults. And that's an action adventure series that definitely has some inspiration from Dragon Ball, uh, just at least in that sort of like shonen spirit, <laughs> uh, fun, strong character. And uh, besides that, I, I work periodically on the SpongeBob comics. So uh, if you pick up an issue of SpongeBob, it's pretty likely that you'll see my name in the credits.
0: You mentioned super earlier. So we'll kind of wrap things up with Super. I mean, what else is there to talk about these days? What are you hoping for in Super? I mean, we're 3 episodes oh, yeah. in. Where do you think this is going? What do you want?
1: Well, I'm definitely excited by the idea of this alternate universe arc, but I don't want it to just be like in this universe we have a different version of Goku and things like that. I'm yeah. a little worried that we're heading that way with the way that uh Shampa looks. Mm-hmm. But if Shampa it, I would be so pleased if Shampa is not the alternate universe version of Beerus. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's really what I'd like from it. But, you know, I'm open to enjoying the ride, you know? (laughs) And so far, I I was kind of not super excited when I heard that the first couple of arcs were going to be recapping the movies, but they've been so different that it does not feel uh, that way at all. Yeah, doesn't
0: it? I mean, episode three in particular, uh, the whole time I was like, I've seen this before, I've seen this before, I'm having fun, I'm having fun. How do these emotions work together?
1: Yeah, they've really, um, you know we can't know exactly how involved Toriyama is in it, but I, I definitely feel like his involvement has improved the project from like GT and that, and some of the movies of the past. And if not his involvement, then at least there are people involved that have sort of gotten an idea of how to capture They're his faking feel. it pretty
0: well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way. All right. You can check out daily That's where you can check out 200 plus drawings right now. And you're, you're still going for quite some time. I'm really, excited are you gonna go to 365 and then do the bonuses or is there like a date you're heading toward
1: i don't have a yeah specific it's just however many characters there are so yeah (laughs) just keep an eye out yeah you can follow me on twitter at joey weiser i post those there as well but uh yeah daily com.
0: excellent joey weiser thank you so much thank you Thanks again to Joey for joining us. You can follow him, as he said, on Twitter, Joey Weiser, J-O-E-Y-W-E-I-S-E-R. And that's going to bring us to a close this week. Again, uh, a good focus on fandom and a good focus on art. I think that sounds good to uh, give us a little bit of a breather as we look ahead to a week off from Dragon Ball Super and catching up on a whole bunch of other stuff. So I'm just going to leave it there. My name has been Mike Vegito E-X. Check us out, wwwk k a n z e n s h u u Com, that is cons and shoe check us out uh, ourselves on all those usual social media places the Twitters the Facebooks the Googles the Instagrams uh, what else we got we have our forum we ever chat all the stuff you would expect from an internet presence we have those things talk to us there so really that's it that's been episode 385 of our podcast the slow approach to episode 400 and later this year the 10th anniversary of the podcast that is truly horrifying to me <laughs> thank you for sticking it out with us if you've been around for that long or even not that long. Glad to have you along for the ride. See you next time.
1: Shudista kagayaki
0: a